Hi, this is Sebastian. You might know my mom, Heather, from Shine.fm. This is the Shine.fm MomCast. Take it away, Mom. Welcome to the Shine.fm MomCast. Uh, my name is Heather Erb, and I'm your host. And today I am joined by Sarah. So, Sarah, introduce yourselves to everyone. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. My name is Sarah Geringer, and I am an author and a speaker and an artist, and I live in southeast Missouri. Uh, you may have seen some of my devotions on the Proverbs 31 Ministries website. I am a volunteer uh, devotion writer for them and a proofreader, and I also write for other sites like A Wife Like Me, Devotable, and Woman to Woman Ministries. And uh, I am a published author of uh, three self-published books and one traditionally published book. So I'm really glad to be here to talk with you today. Yeah, and I found your book, uh, Sarah, Christmas Peace uh, for Busy Moms. And it's something that I, I thought would be interesting to discuss because I don't know that I've ever talked to a mom, at least not a mom of littles for sure, but a mom of any age kids that says, oh, yeah, Christmas is fine. It's I'm fine. Everything is not stressful. I'm totally at peace <laughs> with everything right. at Christmas. So share a little bit of your story and also share kind of how it led you to write this devotional uh, Christmas piece for busy moms. I grew up as a child of divorce. My uh, parents divorced when I was four years old. And um Many Gen Xers and Millennials and Gen Zers uh, come from a similar background like that. And uh, I know that um, divorce, one of the long-term fallouts from it is broken families, and that always uh, affects Christmas celebrations. So um, <clears throat> I could not uh, remember a Christmas from childhood that was not affected by family drama. And uh, that was very unfortunate. But the fortunate thing is um, I did have uh, people of strong faith in my family. So church was a constant for me and a safe place for me. And I knew that um, the story of Jesus' birth is foundational for our Christian faith. And he calls him uh, the Prince of Peace. And so um, when I became a mom, uh, I wanted a different type of holiday for my children. I did not want to repeat that type of family drama in uh in my Christmas celebrations with my kids. And I knew that the peace that I wanted to have in my home would have to start with me so that I could spread it out to them and even into my extended family and other relationships, um, workplace and uh, on and on. Um, and so I... Uh, chose this as my very first book that I wrote uh, because I had gone through so many trials, uh, so much stress and anxiety at Christmas. I wanted to uh, put together what I had learned from um, several years of being a mom uh, to help other moms who I, I knew I couldn't be the only one dealing with all of that um, stress. And on top of that, just the um, 
just the expectations that we put on ourselves. We want we want things to be perfect. We want to have great memories. And uh, social media tends to uh, create that perfectionistic picture. And I wanted to write a book that was spiritually sound but also full of practical tips so that moms could choose to create a peaceful Christmas um, but still stay uh, sane in the process. So <laughs> that was that was my goal. Um, and at the time, this book came out in uh, 2016. So my children were, let's see, they would have been 12, 10, and 8. So I had several years under my belt of creating uh at least the Christmas in our own home was peaceful. Maybe our other Christmas uh, celebrations still had drama in them, but just Christmas morning, I wanted it to be centered on God and our family. And mm. because I, uh, with God's help, accomplished that goal, I thought, you know, I need to um, that this is possible and attainable for them too. Mm. That's really good. It's interesting that you would talk about the drama of divorced um, families. I am a Gen Xer, and my parents divorced when I was six, and it wasn't until I was in my 20s where someone like pointed out to me that I, I don't seem to enjoy Christmas um, and that I don't mm-hmm. like I can't recall a Christmas where I was really happy. And someone in the church that I was going to at the time questioned me on that and said, why don't you... Why don't you have, you know, a great view of Christmas? And I said, because I was always leaving someone behind. Like my family did it so that right. we were with one parent one Christmas and, you know, another parent, the other parent. And so if we were with my dad, we were leaving my mom. And not that they were alone necessarily, but we weren't able to be with them is kind of how I viewed it as mm-hmm. a kid. And so that overshadowed everything going forward with Christmas. And so I actually have a very similar story to you that I... We, and we were just looking at pictures today, which is funny, of Christmas. And we had one Christmas where our kids were, oh, like three, four, and six. And my husband and I looked at each other after that Christmas and said, we're not doing this anymore. We are going to stay home, and we are going to, if people want to come see us, they can come see us. But we are not going to drag our littles all over the countryside to see everybody because it's not fun or, or peaceful for anybody when we have to, dra- like, drag our kids and no naps and all that kind of stuff. And so for us, we decided, okay, we're going to see people around Christmas, but on Christmas Day, it's going to be about our family. It's going to be about Jesus, and we're going to have a calm, fun family day. And if people want to come, that's fine, but we're going to be at home. So I, I love that you, you know, had had a few years under your belt and said, yes, I'm going to. I'm going to do this for my family, and I'm going to make it different. I think that's something that's very characteristical of Gen Xers, especially, is we want something different for our kids than what we had, and we're willing to fight, you know, to make that happen. So talk a little bit about the devotional. Um, it's 25 days, so my assumption is you thought you could do it for all of, you know, the beginning of December through Christmas. Is that kind of what your thought was? 
Well, you can, yes, if you want to. <laughs> um, but I made these really, really brief mm-hmm. uh, because I know those are. So each day is about, let's see, I'm looking at the book right now. Oh, maybe three pages long. Mm. And it has uh, questions for study and reflection. So a lot of these tips are actually ones that you can put into play during December. So um, this book has done well in sales as far as October and November goes because then you're prepared. Um, It's not so much an Advent devotional um, as it is kind of a help you plan for a peaceful Christmas. So I'm not saying you can't gain from it in December, but you might gain more from it earlier on because then you can put some of these tips into action and kind of have them in place. And I know how I love to read. I read over a hundred books a year, but, um, December is when that slows down because I just get so busy, you know? So, um, if you want to read this book in December, I've designed it so that it's really consumable and fast. I would say, you know, if if I were doing it, I would pick, um, you know, do five or six of these readings on a Sunday afternoon or something. That might take you 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how fast you read, you know, um, and just enjoy it like that. So that is really up to you how you want to consume it. Um, but I can tell you that I walked through kind of in a systematic fashion. So there are five uh, divisions in this book. And the first is starting with peace in my heart. You've got to start with yourself. Uh, if you don't have peace yourself, you're not going to be able to share it with your family um, or anybody else, really. So uh, you start with developing peace in your heart. And then um, the second component is peace in your day. So I, I give tips for um, creating peaceful rhythms in your morning, afternoon, and evening, and uh, how you can set yourself up for success by taking intentional steps um, at each part of your day. Um, and, of course, you can carry that into the rest of the year, but that's especially effective in busy December. Um, The third part is being intentional uh, in creating peace in your relationships. So I talk about um, those different kinds of relationships that most of us have and how you can be an ambassador for peace um, in each one of those. And the fourth um, component is peace in your surroundings. So this is spreading peace out beyond in the um you know when you're shopping when you're at church um when you go to christmas parties or when you're traveling so any of those uh situations where you're going to come into contact with people that might not be in your regular social circles that you can intentionally create peace for them and introduce them to Jesus perhaps if if um that opportunity arises and then finally the fifth component is um, peace in my holiday. And so that's about, um, that's really a bunch of uh, practical tips for what you can do uh, kind of the week of Christmas. And I also 
the last one is about taking a day to reflect on um, on your year and thank God for all your blessings and then kind of focus on what's ahead for the next year. It's kind of a self-care day. So I think that has been a popular aspect of this book that most moms don't really think about doing that, but it kind of brings it all full. Again, if you if you cultivate peace in your own and you treat yourself right so that you're inviting peace into your life uh, through the Prince of Peace, you can spread peace in all these other areas so much better because you're just letting God work through you. So can you share a few tips of things that you did that helped you uh, bring that peace, especially to your family during the Christmas holiday season? Can you share just a few tips that maybe in the book or just that you found um, that really like help set the tone for that peaceful Christmas? Absolutely. I have about three different ones I'll share with you. Uh, the one that I talk about, uh, Peaceful Afternoon, is about um, meditating on scripture. So uh, when I was working outside the home, I had about a 15-minute lunch break, and I could go to a back room and just be in there by myself. And I would take my Bible with me and just carefully think about uh, a scripture related to peace. And as I did that through the Christmas season, uh, it really transformed my thoughts and it transformed my attitude and carefully thinking about that to me carry it through to other situations and when I uh, was triggered with anxiety I could pull that verse out of my memory and repeat it and then be centered back on God's will so that was a really good way to kind of hide peace in my heart all these other aspects including with my family so um with the day that I talk about peace in my marriage, I talk about um, creating a date night in December. And I know that sounds kind of crazy because we're so, so busy. But I realized when my children were younger that my husband um, was feeling left out, really. That many, um, when especially when you're a mom of littles, a lot of the Christmas celebrations center around children's activities and it's very easy to get caught up in all that fun and excitement and the childlike wonder of parades and gingerbread house decorating parties and on and on but that isn't always what our husbands want so i give some uh, ideas for christmas themed date nights that you can take and and uh, if you do that then you're 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 investing in your marriage and you are showing your husband that you're putting him first and you are if you can do that before you do all your of your Christmas celebrations then he really understands that that he's a top priority to you and then uh, with uh, your children I talk about um, just some different tools uh, resources that I used uh, to talk with them about Jesus because I know that um, parents really are the prime candidates, I guess, for sharing the gospel with the next generation. If they don't hear it from us, they're prob it's probably not going to sink in as well as it will um, when they hear it from us first and then add on church and Sunday school and VBS and 
you know, Christian school and those things. So I think we need to be intentional with um, teaching the Christmas story to our kids. And I give lots of practical tips. And I just think that, you know, even now I have teenagers, um, all kids like to be read to. Uh, even my big kids like like to be read to. So uh, I, I offer some... Um, uh, reading suggestions for for uh, Christmas stories. So, um, just I ha- basically I tried in every single uh, chapter to have some kind of practical takeaway. So those are just a few examples. That's awesome. Yeah, those are really really good, especially with the date night in <laughs> December because yeah. I know you start to look at the calendar and you're like, I don't know how we're going to do all of this. <laughs> But right. to make your marriage a priority is is really, really good. So um, talk a little bit about um, kind of some advice that you would give to moms who, you know, you shared a little bit about how there was a lot of family drama. And I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that there probably still or can still be some family drama in um, your family because of um, the divorce. I always kind of say uh, when we have some family stuff going on, this is why God hates divorce. <laughs> because it puts you in different situations that you shouldn't be in. But, you know, for a mom that's really struggling with some outside family drama, how do you um, suggest that she handle some of that? Or how can she, because you can't, here's what I've learned, and this is, seems really basic to me, but I'm just learning it now. You can't control other people. And so your family's going to do what they're going to do. It's about how we respond to it. So what would be some advice that you would give a mom who is in a pretty difficult family situation that she can't control? Well, I have been that mom just about every year of our marriage and, and even before that. Um, and it's funny how um, I think the when we our firstborn was a baby, it seemed to unite everybody together because he was the very first grandchild on either side of the family. Uh, but after that, um, the grandparents started making uh, demands on our time. And, and I think one of the suggestions I would offer is to give your relatives some grace because it's, it's, uh, for them, it's probably been a long time. They have forgotten about, um, we know as moms, okay, if he misses his nap, he is going to be a monster tonight, okay? Grandparents don't focus on that. And it's not because they're trying to make your life difficult. What they're focused on is wanting to see their grandchild. That's really all they're thinking about. So if you can I'm not saying you have to agree with that perspective, but if you can look at it through their eyes, maybe you can be able to show them some compassion or even uh, forgiveness if they hurt your feelings. Um, Another thing that I have done um, that has made a huge difference is to pray uh, days before and hours before and minutes before. Uh, I know that I'm going to be in the presence of someone who has created a lot of difficulty in the past. And praying for this person um, softens my heart towards them, and it helps me to uh, show them respect and love even when they're not loving. I mean, Jesus tells us to love our enemies by praying for them. 
can't control them or their behaviors or actions, sometimes, sometimes the most peaceful response is not saying anything. Mm. So that takes a lot of self-control in the moment, and you can pray ahead of time directly to the Holy Spirit and just say, Holy Spirit, please speak to me in the moment. Uh, I call it pinging, P-I-N-G, ping me when I'm about to do something I shouldn't. And you know what? He has answered that prayer every single time, mm. every single time. So he's one, he wants to help us. The Holy Spirit wants to help us in the moment. But if we call on, we have to call on him for help. And um, he is, he wants us to bring peace to others. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So it, we can bear the fruit of peace through his power. So, but we have to rely on him to do that and, and depend on him to do that. So I think the main way to do that is through prayer. And I would also say, if you're in a difficult family situation, you do need to set your boundaries first and make sure that you and your husband are on the same page. Um, Heather, you told your story of what you and your husband decided. And my husband and I decided that also uh, after we uh, live within a hundred mile radius of our parents. So that's great in one way because we get to see people. It's very difficult in another way because if some were in Pennsylvania and others in Arizona and others in Georgia, we wouldn't see them all. <laughs> right. But when they're that close, you really have to make some firm boundaries. So what we did is we said, okay, we're going to have an open house style like, like you talked about, mm -hmm. um, but every other year we'll either go north or we'll go south. So um, that every single one of them protested against that the first year. <laughs> and that, that was, I mean, every single one. And his parents blamed me and my parents blamed him. So, mm. you know, they're, mm. they're not going to get it. And I think from a divorce situation, divorced parents, even though they're all remarried, to them in their eyes, you know, Christmas is such a big deal because that's when it feels like you're a family again. So that was hugely disappointing to them, um, but most of them have gotten over that. Not all of them. That was 2006. Wow. We're in 2019 recording right. this, and there's yeah. a few that have never gotten over it. And you know what? I can't control that, but I can be show kindness and respect when I have to be around those people. Um, you know, and that's the best that you can do. But I, the only thing looking back now, the only thing I regret is not drawing that boundary sooner. Mm. Because like you said, we were running our children ragged. And by Christmas number five, none of us even wanted to be there. You know, right. we were just so exhausted. Yeah. Five Christmases in three days or something crazy like that. So, yeah, I think, I think looking back, um, in the future, you will not ever regret putting your own family first, even if it's just for three hours on Christmas morning. You know, it, you have to decide what's right for you, but make sure that you are creating some memories just with you and your husband and your kids.
Yeah, that's exactly where we landed, too, because it was like I wanted my kids, we wanted our kids to have a certain thing that we always did. And so our thing is that we get up at a certain time, they get my husband coffee, which is a joke in the family because he can't function without coffee. And then we open gifts, but then I make a special breakfast for all of us. And that is like our memory. We all decide like what we're going to do for breakfast and that kind of thing. And even as the kids have gotten older, we've still continued that. And so I think from my perspective and why we decided to do that was I, I I wanted something different for my family, but I also knew that I wanted to make sure that we were doing what we thought was best for our family, which is exactly what you just said, because I didn't want it to be about pleasing everyone else. I wanted to make sure that we were doing what was best for us, because I firmly believe that God has given us the kids that he's given us for a reason and that means then that we get to decide those things we don't have to be um you know tossed with everybody's opinions of what they should do now i will tell you i didn't really have any huge um objections in our family because i think i was just like this is what we're doing this is not a discussion (laughs) like this is what we're doing um mostly because everybody saw the fallout like i even was looking at pictures recently where my middle son is just bawling. He's just having a total meltdown that day. And you're just like, this isn't fun for everybody. So lots of other people in our family experienced that. And so I don't think that they were too shocked that that's what we decided to do. But it was one of the best decisions that we ever made. And it just has kind of continued, even though we moved away from them. One of my parents still comes. We see the other one after Christmas. And so we just kind of built up a schedule. But I don't, you're absolutely right. Now that my kids are 16, 14, and 13, I don't have any regrets about making like you said drawing those boundaries and saying this is what we're going to do what i find funny is that like his parents blamed you and your parents Mm -hmm. blamed him (laughs) which is so classic when it comes to families so i think a lot of people will be able to relate to that yeah that's it's unfortunate you know but the and you know and every family's toxic toxicity level is different from another. So uh, we have a lot of brokenness um, on both sides of our family. So that contributed to the problem. But again, um, I, I really believe that God uh, wanted me to break that chain of toxicity. Um, And it means that uh, I still had to suffer through all of their reactions but now that my children are older, they don't have any uh those grandparents um stirring up strife in those earlier years. And I'm I'm glad that they don't. They're starting to open their eyes up to the truth because they're older and that's what older kids do. Uh but now they're you know, they their Christmases weren't poisoned by that toxicity. Maybe mine was, but I'm an adult and we you know, we have to it doesn't matter if you're the 26-year-old and the 50-year-old is throwing the fit. Mm. You can take the high road, and you can be the example of the person of integrity and self-control. Mm. And um, the Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And you have to put that spirit on going into Christmas if you've got difficult relationships that you're dealing with. And don't be intimidated if you're the youngest one, because you could the tone for all the rest of your family. And I will tell you, 
uh, it's interesting that my my youngest half sister is nine years younger than me, and then I have a step sister who is eight years younger than me. And so mm. now they have littles, and they both have said, you know what, um, you know, we were still teenagers really when you set that boundary, you know, but it has benefited us because it's mm. kind of like you had to take the heat and now they're not as hard on us as uh, they were on you. You just can't see that necessarily in the moment, but you might be doing good for other family members down the road or giving right. them courage to stand up right. on with their in-laws or however that works. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody has to take a stand for peace and you might have to fight for it. I, mean, mm -hmm. I had to fight for peace in my family. It's, it doesn't just come naturally because we're all things who have our limited points of view. But I think if just one person is willing to stand up for peace, uh, you're inviting God's power into that situation. And it might take years for you to see, uh, long-term benefits of that but you could make a big difference so mm -hmm. i think i think it will be worth the the struggle if you go through one mm -hmm. yeah that's really good really good well sarah um want to make sure that we mention the book is called christmas peace for busy moms 25 quick devotions to calm holiday stress and if people want to get in touch with you or um, read any other books or find out about your blog how can people do that well you can go to sarahgeringer.com and on the very front page, I have all of my books uh, shown right there. And Christmas Peace for Busy Moms is on the front page. And it's available for purchase on Amazon. So if you're a Prime member, uh, you can get the paperback copy within two days. Or you can mm. just download the Kindle version right now if you want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So And and I, uh, I'm active on all of the social media platforms. And you can also find that uh, on the sidebar on that main page at sarahgeringer.com. Okay. Well, awesome. And we'll make sure to get all that information in uh, the link for the podcast as well. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us and sharing uh, how we can find some peace uh, this holiday season. We appreciate it, Sarah. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure.